0: We are in part seven of our series on miracles, uh, which we started at the beginning of January. And uh, we're looking today at an incredible miracle uh, that Jesus performs quite early in his ministry, uh, which uh, you heard there from Mark chapter 2. Uh, verses 1 through to 12. Uh, I want to open uh, with a story uh, of the gentleman, uh, of a, a gentleman called Ben Wernham. Uh, back in 2016 he was on holiday in Cyprus and uh, they were at, at, the, at the pool uh, in a villa and he was uh, kind of swimming uh, and messing around with his kids and jumping in and out of the pool and he slipped and lost his footing and he fell into the pool and he banged his head uh, on, the, on the bottom of the, of the swimming pool. Uh, And it was a very dangerous accident because he broke three of the vertebrae uh, in his neck. Um, And it paralyzed him from the neck downwards uh, pretty much instantaneously. So the emergency services got called. uh, And in Cyprus, where they were, uh, they performed emergency surgery on him. Uh, They stabilized the neck situation, but they weren't able to do anything for the nerve situation. Um, and so his holiday insurance kicked in uh, and they organized for an air ambulance to fly him back home from Cyprus to London but on the journey back uh, to London they were forced to divert to the city of Munich in Germany um, and uh, what happened was uh, he started to get uh, pneumonia and then he started to get sepsis and uh, he was in a really dangerous way when they landed him uh, at the airport And in fact I think the uh, uh, emergency services came out and did some stuff with him on the airport runway Uh, They then took him into, they they stabilised him, they got him into the intensive care unit in Munich and he stayed there for 10 days and managed to rally round and then they had the next part of his flight home and he came to, um, I think it was the Gloucester Royal Hospital and he was there for two and a half months uh, making uh, some kind of an attempt at recovery and then he went to a a spinal unit in the um, uh, uh, Salisbury Hospital I think it was Um, And while this was all going on, his family and friends realized pretty quickly that Ben's house and where Ben lives, or where they lived, was not going to do the job of uh, of hosting a a paralyzed man Uh, so what they did was they they opened up um, a best for they called it best for ben a just giving page and uh, they started fundraising and within five days the villagers of i think it's avening in gloucestershire it's just this little village they'd raised five thousand no seven thousand pounds in five days uh, to get this started this this fund going and what they wanted to do was to put a ramp at the front of his house and then put a single story extension at the back so that he could live Uh, Because, you know, when you're struggling with a disability at that level, you kind of need to be all on the same level on the ground floor. Um, and so th- they did all this and, and uh, these villagers and this, this town went on to raise uh, around about a hundred thousand over a period of months uh, during 2016 and into 2017. Now what then happened was uh, that the BBC program DIY SOS got hold of the story uh, and Nick Knowles the presenter went along to meet the family uh, and they, uh, they basically decided that they would do a big build. Uh, hands up here, anyone here who's seen DIY SOS on the telly, it's a great program, I don't, if you ever get a chance to watch any of the back catalogue of the, of the episodes on, on uh, iPlayer or whatever, it is really worth seeing, they're very moving uh, programs. Uh, so Nick Knowles uh, got his team together, um, and uh, they did a big build plan, and they 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 rallied literally hundreds of volunteers. I think it was over 200 volunteers, all di- all different tradespeople, different skill sets, uh, different abilities, and so on. Came in to do. Uh, this big build in kind of record time for this family Um, all of the local accommodation got booked up as you can imagine so one man ended up camping nearby in order to be able to to bring his services another man slept in his van overnight for uh, for a week or two uh, in order to be part of the project now the house got transformed and Ben was brought home uh, and he started to be able to live daily with the right environment and the right equipment to be able to carry on his life, albeit severely impaired. Now, I remember watching this particular program when it first aired uh, on, the B- on the BBC, this DIY SOS episode, and I remember being rather overwhelmed by the kindness of so many people. You know that moment when they, they kind of, they, they take the family to the front door and they get them to open their eyes? Oh man, it can make you weep, it really can, because the, the family realized the kindness that has been shown them, uh, and you catch something of their emotion, and it jumps into you. Um, Now, obviously, aside from all the entertaining banter that comes with DIY SOS from the builders, um, one of the reasons that I think it's such an appealing program is because it shows that the right team and the right environment can make a massive difference to people's lives. They really can. If you don't think environment makes a difference, watch DIY SOS, because it really does if you don 't think the right team can make a difference, well, you kind of just need to watch the program, see what I mean. All these people come together and they make some stuff happen uh, because they 're in a position to be able to help when someone uh, is really needing it so we 're in part seven. Uh, of the miracles of Jesus series and my hope on our hope uh, as a team of speakers uh, with each of these messages in this series is to explore what happens when there's a miracle that Jesus performs during his ministry in the Gospels um, and and then the hope would be that it would really build our faith in him and that we would be really encouraged to seek out our own miracles from Jesus in the here and now I'm really hoping that that will be the case for you. I'm really hoping that as part of this season you'll be pressing in to uh, your own miracles uh, with Jesus. And and I've been personally so encouraged by the different messages that we've heard and also our response as a church has been phenomenal. Um, I sense that there's definitely been an uplift in the faith in our church. I feel it. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling this kind of groundswell of faith rising in our worship times and in our message times. And I'm delighted with that. Um, There's more in our hunger for Jesus that seems to be more apparent. So, you know, back on the 8th of January, we opened with the amazing resurrection performed on the widow of Nain's son, didn't we? Uh, that woman got reunited with her lost son Uh, then it was the healing of the man born blind in John 9 which is one of those special miracles that the Jews believed uh, could only be performed by a special anointed person called the Messiah who would be sent directly from God and of course it was Jesus and he is the Messiah Jason then brought us a great message on, on another messianic miracle in other words a miracle that can only be done by a Messiah the raising of Lazarus after four days uh, kevin spoke for us on the healing of 10 lepers phil spoke about how jesus healed a woman with the issue of bleeding and last week oh he brought us a message on another leper whom jesus healed because not only is jesus able but guess what jesus is willing jesus is both able and willing isn't he church yeah Uh, Now today we're going to look at a miracle that fits right into the category of DIY SOS. A team decide to rearrange, it happens to be Jesus' own house, to make conditions much better for their paralyzed friend by taking him on a stretcher to see Jesus when they hear that Jesus is at home. And Jesus rewards their faith with a stunning miracle. It's a healing miracle which sees this paralyzed man literally get up off the floor gather the mat on which he was carried there and walk out Um, uh, now this is a miracle can I just say sort of two aside points before I get going this is a miracle that seems to to show Jesus caring very little about whether his house gets refashioned uh, provided it gets people in front of him Uh, and maybe Mary had some views on her roof being dismantled I, I don't know but Jesus doesn't seem to mind one bit And perhaps that's a message for us those of us in church who love to build church that we have permission to refashion jesus house how we like provided it gets people in front of jesus amen there's also this is also a particularly special miracle for anyone who has spent any length of time laid up in bed either at home or in hospital because do you know what in those times the ceiling becomes your friend in ways you never ever wanted it to you spend a lot of time looking at the ceiling when you're, when you're not very well, when you're sick in that way. And so for the paralyzed man to be physically healed via a breakthrough through a ceiling must have been very powerful for him. Powerful for him, not just in his body, but in his mind and heart as well. He spent a lot of time looking at the ceiling and then breakthrough comes through the ceiling. Uh, so there's stacks and stacks of wonderful stuff in this story when we reimagine it carefully from Mark's point of view. Uh, and it's way more than I can kind of hit you with in one sitting so I'm going to take an approach of just focusing on two areas only this morning uh, to kind of help us take in some insights from this remarkable event but before I do that should we pray? should we pray together? let's pray for a a moment uh, and let's just ask Jesus to do his thing Lord Jesus we ask that you would be with us in this season we ask that you'd come and presence yourself in our church and online and around our city Lord Jesus, we declare that you are the worthy one, the holy one, uh, the one who is the Messiah, the one who has been sent by God. We trust in your goodness. We thank you that you are willing and able. We thank you that you have all power and dominion and sovereignty on the earth. We declare that you are great, and we know that you are able to do all things. N- nothing is impossible for you, Lord Jesus. You can, uh, you can uh, send a great big fish to come and take someone somewhere. You can make an axe head float. You can shake a room in response to a prayer meeting you can do absolutely anything you like Lord Jesus and we ask that you do it in this season would you lift our faith Lord Jesus in who you are and what kind of character you have and the power that is at your disposal we pray all these things in the name of Jesus this morning number one the first point I want to bring is to do with what Jesus does and that is visible miracles confirm that invisible miracles are also happening visible miracles confirm that invisible miracles are also happening i don't know if you've spotted this from the story but there are actually three miracles being performed by jesus uh, on this occasion the first the most obvious one is the healing itself this man receives healing power from god through his son the lord jesus and he is cured of his paralysis jesus commands the man I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He issues the command, and as the command comes out of uh, Jesus' mouth, healing arrives with the words into the man's body, and he stands up. He he does actually do that. He does go home. Now that right there is completely amazing in and of itself. Praise God. That's a fantastic full-on miracle. But there is more. Jesus also forgives man's sins in fact jesus starts right there he that's the first thing that he does and that's so true of our connection with jesus don't you think we come to him with the thing that we want and jesus says hold on a minute let's rewind to the thing that you actually need first jesus does that a lot in my experience anyway i go to jesus bleating about the thing that i need and jesus says well calm down a minute son i've got some stuff for you over here and we'll deal with that first and then that provides the foundation for some of the other things the most important thing is forgiveness of sins and reconnection for the paralyzed man to father god in heaven we must never forget that forgiveness of sins is a miracle in and of itself that we can go to jesus and he alone has the qualifications to wipe away our sins and to make that slate clean i had a slightly odd experience just after christmas that speaks right into this Uh, we'd had a few presents in as you do at Christmas and we were doing a bit of a clear out and I'd identified a number of things that needed to go to the household recycling centre also known in our family as the dump I don't know if you call it the dump in your family but it's officially called the household recycling centre so I load up the car and it's got lots and lots of stuff that I'd like to give to the recycling centre because it's no longer needed anymore it's a whole lot of baggage a whole lot of grots stuff to be to be got rid of so I'm driving to the recycling center in Perry Bar okay driving there that's the one that's kind of nearest to me and I'm driving through town and um, because the Commonwealth Games have been through Birmingham recently it looks and feels a little different up in Perry Bar doesn't it and so I'm getting to the junction where I think I need to turn right but my building that I always look for you know how you put landmarks in your mind when you're going somewhere it was gone And I was like oh okay well that's gone well fair enough but I think it's a right turn here So I turn right and I'm going down and I'm like, oh great, now this is the right way to go because this is the right, yeah, this is the right street. And then I get to the the entrance to the dump on the left and there's these big concrete blocks and there's a big fence there and there's no entry into the dump at all. And then what's worse, even more discouraging than that, the dump itself is completely gone. It's totally raised to the ground. It's flat and there's one or two diggers there. And so no more recycling of uh, household gross is going on on that site. Uh, and I'm sitting there thinking, oh, that's really, really annoying. I'm sensing that from some of you in your spirit that you, I'm saving you a wasted trip. Maybe you didn't know that. And then I'm also sensing some of you are thinking, keep up, Parsonek, with your own city. You know, like that's been like that for a long time now. <laughs> then I'm sitting there thinking, wow, where do I take my rubbish now? I'm gonna to have to find another tidy tip I'm gonna to have to find somewhere else to put this and I'm starting to play with the sat-nav and I get my phone out and I'm thinking where's the next one and the signal my phone's not great and I'm not in a great mood about this and then I have a bit of a revelation from the Holy Spirit and it goes like this you arriving here and finding yourself not able to offload your stuff hey guess what that's what life is like with no Jesus going to the cross you get to keep all your sins and all your unwanted baggage always there is, if there is no forgiveness of sins or or someone to take them off you if jesus isn't there to do that for you i'm sitting there feeling very convicted right now this first miracle is that this paralyzed man has had his spiritual garbage taken off him by jesus this miracle has kept on being repeated for every other person throughout throughout history and around the world who has ever had their sins forgiven by Jesus in other words because of what Jesus does on the cross we all get to drive back into our lives without a spiritual carload of grot hanging about on the inside with us because Jesus forgives us and he takes it off of us every time we're forgiven that is a miracle and we mustn't lose sight of the power of the miracle of the forgiveness of sins. So number one, there's a healing. Number two, there's a forgiveness of sins, although they happen in, the, in, the other, in, in another order. But then there is a third miracle that goes on. A third miracle. And the miracle is this. Jesus sees directly into the hearts of the scribes sitting there. The scribes are kind of like the experts in the law, maybe connected with the Pharisees. They're checking, they're kind of like referees, religious referees. Is this being done correctly? Um, And very often not getting it right. Now they don't say anything out loud, but they are thinking a few things. And yet somehow Jesus reads them like a book because he is the king of heaven. Uh, Verses 6 and 7 go like this. But some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts. Why does he speak like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Now most times when people are doing some inner reflections of this kind, the best we can have from them is a guess at what they're thinking. You know, they might be giving it a little bit away in their body language or whatever. But if it stays non-verbal or it's not being shown outright, it's going to be really hard to tell what people are actually thinking. But Jesus performs a third miracle at this occasion because it says this in verse 8. Right away, Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were thinking like this within themselves and said to them, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? now just pause the story a minute imagine you're in the crowd and you're not a scribe and you're just catching on or trying to catch on with what Jesus is saying because Jesus comes out with a verbal rebuke to a non-verbal inner spiritual reality from some people and so the first thing you're going to hear is Jesus saying to a certain group of people in the room why are you thinking these things in your hearts uh, and that's kind of like whoa okay <laughs> Jesus you've spotted something I haven't seen and I'd love to have been a non-scribe at this event uh, because I would have been thinking well I can't perceive what you've just seen Jesus and spoken into what, what are they thinking are you going to let on are you going to tell us I would have I'd been all over that that would have been fascinating to me but Jesus responds verbally and calls out something non-verbal going on in someone else and at that, that insight that Jesus has is miraculous in its own right whether that's the Holy Spirit gift of a word of knowledge I don't know how that works but Jesus was able to do that so here's some thoughts I had about the story go with me on this I wonder if those scribes wandered home afterwards rather unsettled by the fact that Jesus did see inside them and their grumbling hearts you know you'd have gone home thinking whoa that guy yeah he did a healing and he looked right inside me Now, they don't fight Jesus on the accuracy of what he calls out in them, do they? So I'm guessing that they're thinking he got it right. And then I wonder then with these scribes, if any of them then made the jump to, if he saw accurately inside me, then he must have seen accurately inside the paralyzed man. And met his need as well, and seen his spiritual need, uh, as well as meeting his physical need. I wonder if any of the scribes were self-aware enough to go down that thought process. I would love to think that one or two of them might have done. So we have at least three miracles going on, on this occasion, and they're all linked by the theme of visibility. Follow through the logic with me. The first miracle is Jesus' gift of what cannot be seen. The gift of forgiveness of the sins of the paralyzed man. Now, the paralyzed man is suddenly made spiritually clean before God in his heart, but no one can actually see that, although I think the, the paralyzed man would have felt it. Uh, you know those times when you come to church and you feel like you're absolutely being forgiven by Jesus and you walk away like you're walking on air? Yeah, I think the paralyzed man felt it, but it wasn't possible to see. The second miracle is Jesus' perception of what cannot be seen, i.e., nasty and inaccurate thoughts about who Jesus is from the scribes which he starts to bring out into the open by making them verbal the third miracle uh, is Jesus' gift of what can be seen the gift of physical healing to restore the man formerly paralyzed to full capability and health there is your three miracles right there and here is what I think is going on at a kingdom of God level in this miracle some aspects of miracles are invisible and some are visible but Jesus links the visible aspects to guarantee to us all that the invisible aspects are in perfect working order as well you follow that that makes sense doesn't it in other words if Jesus can bring a physical healing that everyone can see then we have fantastic assurance and confidence that he is working forgiveness and seeing people's thoughts which are things that can't be seen this is why Jesus then asked the question which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of, Marith, uh, Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he told the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. The healing is the pointer to the authority. The, healing, the physical healing is the pointer to the inner spiritual miracles as well. Now in truth, to answer Jesus' question, neither of those two things is easy at all no one but jesus can forgive someone's sins and no one can heal a paralytic with a miracle unless they're using jesus's power to do so what jesus is effectively saying is i have dominion in both realms because i am what is called the son of man now just to quickly divert and explain what the son of man term means it's a term first coined in the book of daniel you'll find the reference to that in your u version notes there it describes someone who is coming in the authority and the full divine power invested in him by God himself, by God the Father. And in other words, it's Jesus. So 600 odd years before Jesus, when Daniel was writing his book, he prophetically sees the the anointed one, which is is what the the Messiah means, um, and the Son of Man means coming in the future. Um, So this miracle works like a doorway from what can be seen into what can't be seen that's how this miracle works and it's a little bit ironic because those four friends couldn't get in the doorway physically could they Uh, can can you see the layers that Mark is introducing into his story you know Mark gets bad-pressed because he gets on with his message really quickly but we miss the fact that he tells the story with a lot of skill there's loads and loads of content and material and layers in here if you think about it long enough now, I want to give you an object lesson from something completely unrelated that I found in the cupboard at home by which you can always remember how this miracle works, the visible and the invisible. I have two jars here with me. Okay, this first jar here uh, is an unopened jar of Morrison's mint jelly. Just putting it out there, you know. And now, that's pretty good with roast lamb. Now, that's great. And uh, it says on the lid, uh, it's got safety button. Um, and it says, I think, that the instructions are reject if button can be depressed before opening now we're not talking about depressed as in a mental state we're not talking about that, we're talking about physically can it be pressed down and if I press the top of this jar down you probably can't see my hand flexing it looks a bit feeble from there I'm sure Um, but there's no movement on that lid at all it's tight as a drum You know, it's completely sealed in isn't it Um, there's no popping in and out sound from the lid of the mint jelly Uh, and that tells us that this mint jelly has never been opened and we can go ahead and open it and use it confident that the the, the signal to us on the outside is revealing something on the inside that it's safe to use we know that the vacuum seal that they put it on with at the mint jelly factory who knew that there was such a thing? Uh, it all works just fine okay so that's that one bear with me you'll see where I'm going with this in just a minute now here by way of comparison and contrast we have a jar of festive chutney which gets a lot of uh, airtime at Christmas in our household particularly from Mrs W one of her favorite things Uh, okay Uh, now this is as you can see there's a fair amount of it being eaten already this also has a safety button on it okay and uh, if we depress the lid of the the festive chutney I'll hold it near the mic there is movement there isn't there and you know that it's been opened does anyone else do that in their kitchen to the safety button come on admit it I'm the only one aren't I yeah okay we have confidence about the quality of what is inside the jar by something that's on the outside of the jar and Jesus Jesus is using exactly the same principle with his miracle he is showing everyone something on the outside physical healing in order that we may grasp the quality of the thing on the inside i.e. the spiritual forgiveness of sins in other words if you can see a man healed and walking away on the outside then you can have assurance that the forgiveness has worked on the inside the opposite is also true if Jesus had tried to command the man to get up but he didn't get up and the miracle had not worked for some reason then none of us would have much confidence in the forgiveness working on the inside either now would we so let's sum up the first big truth from this trio of miracles that happen in Mark chapter 2 that what can be seen is able to confirm and act as a guarantee or an assurance about what cannot be seen visible miracles this is number one visible miracles confirm that invisible miracles can also happen and we can have as much confidence about those as the visible ones so Jesus absolutely does his amazing and wonderful parts of the story But I'd now like to turn your attention to the second part of what makes the whole occasion work, which is the four friends who carry their paralyzed friend on a stretcher to see if he could receive some healing from Jesus. Here's the truth we need to drink in, and this one is of especial importance to BCC in this series and in this season. Part two. Number two. We can play a huge part in setting up the conditions for miracles. We ourselves, you and I, here in this building, on the live stream, we can play a part, a huge part, in setting up the conditions for miracles to occur. These four friends are amazing, aren't they? You know, we sometimes look outside the window on a cold, rainy February day and we say, oh, it's too rainy today. You know, I'm not sure I'll attend church this morning. Uh, that's not for me. I'm going to stay in, in bed and all that stuff, and I'm not going to participate. Now, if we see church as any gathering with Jesus at the center of it, and I'd like to put it to you that what happens in Mark 2 is a very, very good picture of church, then these guys physically carry their mate effectively to church on a stretcher. They they get turned away at the door, and then they alter the building to make sure that their, their mate has ministry they change the building can you can you receive the magnitude of what they've done they're not just turning up and getting putting off they're turning up and going oh okay we're going to change some things here to make this happen when was the last time that we had that kind of intentionality and faith and persistence about getting someone in front of the Lord about getting ourselves in front of the Lord equally if they had not taken those actions these friends of, of his or hers, this, this, paralys- uh, this paralysed man, sorry, so it's, it's him, their friend could well have died a paralysed man and still in his sins. Now I think their collective faith, or five of them together, makes a direct difference to how Jesus himself then acts. And it's the catalyst for the miracles that then occur. As it says in verse 5, seeing their faith, Jesus then responds. Now that's huge for us as BCC and it's huge for the church everywhere. What we're saying is, if we can act in faith, Jesus is more able to do miracles. He's more able if we partner with him in that journey. And that tells me there's a close partnership between our action and both Jesus' willingness and ability. On the other hand, if we don't take action, Jesus is potentially less able to do miracles than we would otherwise have received. Now, that's quite a challenge to our theology, isn't it? What, Jesus? Less able to do miracles? Well, I'm putting it out there. Like, we can do an awful lot, can't we, to help Jesus do his thing? This partnership between people and Jesus is a bit like the one of the parable of the growing seed. The farmer does his bit in sowing the seed, but God does his bit in germinating that seed and making it turn into a plant. Is there any part of science that is able to create life right now? no there isn't but we can plant seeds and then we can let God do his thing and the crops grow no seed sown no plant appears conversely sow some seeds and then God can do his bit so let's just understand briefly what these guys actually did and then let's commit to take a bit of a leaf out of their book today because it's very uh, exemplary and, uh, and praiseworthy what they do first they took notice of reports in, back in verse 1 there of reports about Jesus being at home in the town They didn't ignore what was going on around them. Something was stirring. There was a healer in town called Jesus, or he's back home, and they were starting to hear some things. Bear in mind, this is only in chapter 2 of of Mark's gospel. So they take notice. Second, they went and invited their paralyzed friend. I I imagine the dialogue might have gone something like this. You know, what have you got to lose? Uh, Come and see this man, Jesus. He might be able to heal you. We have heard some great things about him that might have involved some persuasion particularly if this guy had been paralyzed for a long time you know if you're stuck in a situation that's not changed for ages when your friends come along and jolly you along about that and say oh we've got a solution you can be pretty grumpy about that can't you just being honest about that and so they probably did a little bit of persuading of their friend to say hey now come on uh, let's let's come and check this out. Third they carry him on his stretcher they took direct action to help and they worked hard. Carrying a person on a stretcher is not easy uh, through streets and, and, and into a crowd. Fourth, they overcome their disappointment at not getting in at the door and they tell themselves, surely there is enough Jesus to go around. Have you ever been into those environments where you think, oh I don't think there quite enough Jesus for me today and I'll hang back, I'm not going to do this. No, they don't do that. They say no, there's enough Jesus to go around and we must press in and we must get our friends to Jesus fifthly their intentionality leads them to thinking outside the box literally if you imagine a house is a box they're outside it they go upstairs they go onto the top of the box and they dig through the box they're literally thinking outside the box aren't they number six they bank on grace from jesus they bank on grace from jesus they felt it was worth potentially being told off for their mate i'm pretty sure mary told them off remember that audience downstairs in the room below wasn't all that supportive or rosy not everybody was delighted about what jesus was doing but they took a chance on jesus himself being different and being gracious towards their big need six things these friends did they responded to reports they invited their friend they did the hard work of getting him along they overcame some setbacks they thought outside the outside the box and they banked on grace from jesus Six things. Six is the number of man in, in, the, in the Bible. Number seven, Jesus is waiting. The, the number of, of the divine, and we get a miracle. We get three miracles. We get salvation, we get healing, we get insight. The conditions for that are set up by people. They're not set up by God. We, they take some actions. Jesus responds because of their faith. And I think if we did this a whole lot more in our own world, then that Jesus grace that we can bank on, would come up trumps for us a whole lot more than it does right now I'm gonna ask the worship team just to come and join me thank you Kevin thank you team just as the team come and join me on the platform I want I want you to consider some wider implications of what the four friends did for their paralyzed friend uh, that there are lots and lots of additional ways that we can be stretcher bearers we've seen a worked example of how somebody has directly helped another person get to Jesus this morning but there's all sorts of ways in which we can do that ourselves here in 2023, here in BCC uh, That we can actually be stretcher bearers for our friends Anytime you are more able than a friend in something, then you can bear their stretcher You can carry them, in other words Anytime you are more able for a little season than one of your friends, you can use that ability to help your friends Let me give you some examples if you worship your heart out uh, in church on a Sunday and the person next to you arrives who has kind of barely dragged themselves in reluctantly because they've really been fighting with things that morning, they, they stand alongside you and they get lifted in worship as well. You can be a stretcher bearer and a, and a carrier of your friends by worshipping your heart out in church. When I, when, I, when I look around the room and I see some of you really going for it, lifting your hands up and really really pressing into worship that lifts my worship that encourages me you are being a stretcher bearer to me and i'm the pastor i love that kind of level of encouragement return your tithes consistently and you carry the next person who has lost their job they still get to have church because you're still paying your tithes and returning your tithes into the house if your faith is on fire right now then it might be able to reignite the, the last embers of the faith of the person next to you serve in a ministry consistently and well and you are carrying those you are being a stretcher bearer to those who receive what it is you are serving in give a really friendly welcome on the hosting team as someone new climbs our stairs for the first time and that new person will want to come back again bother to remember someone's name, someone who's feeling unsure about coming to church and they'll decide that BCC is for them and that's happened on several occasions for me be filled up with the Spirit and lay hands on someone who has never been filled with the Spirit and they will get filled too Have a great insight about something in the Word at Life Group and others can receive that insight as well. Be encouraging to someone who is feeling down or sad or lonely and you carry their stretcher for just a moment. Follow up that Holy Spirit prompting to give someone a call and you could make that person's day. Send someone a prayer and you might just reconnect them with their mission and purpose. Gather around someone who has had some major setback or another and the very least they will feel is that they are supported and connected like poor old Ben Wernham uh, did when he broke his neck all, all of that time ago. Any time you are more able than a friend in something, you bear them and you can carry them and you can be their stretcher bearer. And then there are times when, when we don't feel so able and we need other, the other people of church around us to carry us, amen? Would you all stand with me BCC? Please stand to your feet. I'm gonna ask you to respond in a couple of ways just as Kevin and the team lead us in worship to this amazing miracle from Mark chapter two. Just as we begin to worship, if you need or if we need a miracle of any kind, I want you to step down. We've intentionally left a little bit more space at the front with our chairs over this season uh, so that you've got some space to come and do some business with God. I would love for you to use your body to step forward and to stand at the front and say, Jesus, I need you to do this for me. Would you do that? Maybe there's somebody that you know about in the crowd and maybe there's a little bit of persuasion from you to them where you can be, act, act like their friend and say, now come on, let's get this in front of Jesus. I know what you're going through, don't hang back. I'm gonna persuade you down the front. I can see lots of reluctant friends backing away in their minds already at that. And also, I wanna ask us, what are we able in that we can use to help other people? What is our ability that might be high at the moment where others is not so high? How is, what I'm basically saying is, how is the Lord calling you to serve? Is there something that you can be doing? Is there something in which you can be a stretcher bearer for a little while just because you have ability in that area for a season which is slightly stronger than maybe other people's? And we're not talking prideful stuff, we're just talking capacity that you might have for a bit that maybe later you won't. So BCC, as we worship, come forward and step forward and ask Jesus for your miracle and ask him how you might be able to serve. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, team.